Welcome, everybody, to Bridge Builders Communities Church Sermon Podcast. You are listening to one of our messages from our weekly gathering. We hope that you sit back and enjoy and be blessed. This is the day that the Lord has made. And we shall rejoice and be glad in it. I am thankful and grateful unto God. Because he has done for me what I could not do for myself. And anyone here can identify being in a place of being uh, hopeless and in despair, having some strongholds attached to you, maybe even suicidal on some levels. Anyone here can understand what I'm trying to say to you right now? But our God is faithful. He's a faithful God. So we give honor and praise to him. So my name is Guy Trell Johnson. I serve as the executive director of the Transformation Life Center. Um, our ministry is focused on bringing uh, uh, the, the Bible and the things of the Bible to people who have been afflicted with substance abuse issues and ho- or some type of mental health issues. Um, our, our mission is to, to, to reach people who need to be reached. We believe that we are the hands and feet of Jesus, and we, we operate under that love, that grace, and that mercy. And if you know anything about God, which I'm sure you all do, the scriptures say that uh, the adversary, Satan, he's real, and he comes up, up against the righteousness of God. So I'm going to ask those who believe that there's power in prayer to render up prayers for our ministry. As we continue to uh, uphold the blood-stained banner that Jesus still saves and he can heal and deliver. And pray for us that we don't fall victims and traps by the adversary and his schemes. So that's my, that's my uh, commission to those who are uh, part of this beautiful church and uh, the body of Christ. Um, to please continue to keep us in prayer. Um, Finances are good too, but prayer, but prayer is, is something that uh, money can't buy, you know, and the Bible says that the name of Jesus, every demon must flee. So if you just look, you run up, up uh, prayers for TLC and plead the blood of Jesus over this ministry. Amen. The adversary can't stand. So, uh, that's a little bit of who I am. Um, uh, a little bit of what we do as a ministry. And um, I'd like to ask uh, our staff members to please stand. We want to thank God for our staff members, for their diligence and their servitude as they go out to help fulfill the mission. Um, It's hard to do anything without good help. Amen. Amen. And we praise the Lord for their willingness to want to continue to serve in this ministry. Um, So I've asked uh, one of our uh, second phase guys, his name is Joe Y. I don't know if he wants me to say his own name. Um, I asked him to come, to to come, come on up, Joe, to, uh, I asked him to come share briefly his testimony um, a little bit. Seven minutes. <laughs> so, so go ahead. All right. <clears throat> How you doing, church? Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Uh, my name is Joe. I'm Joe said. 
born in, born in Warwick. Um, so I'm 34. And for 17 years, uh, I was living, well, actually 34 years, I was living in fear. 17 of those years uh, was addiction. Um, so, yeah, praise God for getting me out of that. Amen. Shouldn't Amen. be here, that's, that's for sure. Uh, he saved my life more than, more than a couple times. So, I grew up with a lot of fear of abandonment. Uh, my father spent 11 years on Rikers Island. Mm. So, uh, going to visit him was a tough time. Um, back and forth. Happy to go see him. Sad I had to leave. Um, grew up as a people pleaser. I didn't know where I ended and where other people started. Um, I thought what other people thought of me was who I was. Um, and I, I learned real quick um, that that wasn't the case. Once I found the Lord, once he saved me and, and uh, I gave my life to him, I learned real quick that uh, who I am is who I am and who other people are or who they are. Mm. So the last three years of my life have been the hardest times and the happiest times. Um, it started with my father getting sick, um, got cancer. He was an alcoholic, um, drank himself to death. Um, so that was hard. Uh, six months after that, my mother got cancer, lung cancer. Uh, she fought for a while which I wasn't really around for that. Um, I was having my own struggles. I was there for her last breath. So um, thank God for that. Mm. Uh, pretty much immediately after my mom passed away, I found myself in the back of a cop car for probably the 24th time. Mm. Um, with seven warrants, um, headed to jail. During that time, um, God really just, I mean, God was there. He took the weight off of me, finally. I mean, my last arrest was, was where he, he said, no more, Joe. He said, this is mine now. And uh, he, pulled, he pulled the weight off my shoulders. I knew it wasn't going to be easy, what I was about to head into. Um, but uh, part of me was just so, so light, so light. All, all my struggles from the, the prior two and a half years, man, they were gone. I knew that this was a turning point. So, in jail, um, it was tough. Um, so, I went to church. Uh, as, as a young kid, I went to church. I didn't know who God was. I just knew the church was church. Mm -hmm. So, in jail, I went to church multiple times to, to get out of my cell, to get out of myself, to uh, kind of change my surroundings. So, the first Christian church, the first Christian service that I went to in church was a, uh, a preacher... Um, really strong preacher. Um, he was missing a foot. He was missing a couple fingers. He was missing an eye. Mm. He was maybe 60 years old. And the way he preached was so strong. And, I, and I'm looking around in church and I said, how is this guy doing this? How is this guy so strong in, in, his, in his walk? And he looks like such a broken man. Mm. So I stayed afterwards and I talked to him. And uh, I took a Bible back to my, my jail cell. And uh, I read the four Gospels in one night. And uh, I, I didn't fully understand that I just was, I was interested. I was interested in the strength that, that the preacher had. And I, was, and I wanted it for myself. I didn't know, I didn't know how to do that. So um, I read the four Gospels. 
I stayed focused in jail. I read a lot of books. I probably read more books in four months in jail than I read in my whole life. Mm. <laughs> um, most of them were self-help books. Um, so from jail, I came to TLC. I knew that if I hit the street after jail, uh, my decisions weren't going to be wise. So I came directly to TLC. And ever since then, it's been, uh, it's been a, a learning experience. It's been a tough experience, but it's been a great experience. Um, Jesus has really put it on my heart to help others, to take myself out of the situation. Hmm. Um, and that in itself is enough. Um, the strength he gives me to use my struggles to glorify him hmm. and to help other people is, is the strength that it's not mine. It's not mine. I know that, it's, that this isn't me. Um, so used to living in fear. Even now I have fear. But uh, I pulled myself aside and mm-hmm. I said, you know, Jesus, take the wheel. And he, and he drives a lot better than me. <laughs> the best thing I could do was get locked up and, and get arrested and get high. So mm. I just thank God. I thank you guys for having us. And, uh, you know, if, if there's any of you that, that can pull anything from this, I thank you guys for being here and for listening. Amen. Joe. I seen Joe when he first arrived at TLC, and this is definitely a changed man. Definitely a changed man. So we give honor to the Lord. We praise his holy name. And before I uh, uh, go ahead and uh, get into this message here, I just want to acknowledge the fact that we also have a woman's ministry called the Jewel House. Now, this ministry, uh, we attempted to start that, what was it, in September, I believe, or somewhere around there, September, October, and whew, it's been a tough one. We have one woman in the house right now, Jackie, go ahead, stand up, Jackie, just just stand. I asked her to share her testimony, she was a little reluctant, so we're not going to push her, amen. Amen. Um, but the thing is, it's like anything you do for the kingdom, there's going to be resistance. And um, all I can say, this woman's ministry, um, whew, whew, it's been hard. You know what I'm saying? Um, last intake, and without going into detail, we had to get the uh, law enforcement involved. That's how bad it got. So once again, on your prayer list, TLC Jewel House. Put that on top of the list. Amen. Because we need to fill this house up. We have, what, 18 beds in this facility? And, uh, and we're looking to, just to help whoever we can. And this here is my grandson. And this here is my, this is my wife, Shakia. She is the assistant director of the women's ministry. Um, so we, you know, so it's, it's a bit uh, taxing at times. So please keep us in prayer. Um, so, without any further ado, let's get into the Word, right? If you could, if you have a Bible, I'm going to ask you to turn your Bible to uh, the Gospel according to John. We're going to look at uh, chapter 21. The Gospel according to John, chapter 21. And we're going to be looking at verses 15 through 19. 
And if you, if you have it, out of respect of the Word of God, please stand to your feet. This is the Gospel according to John, chapter 21, verses 15 through 19. And the Word of the Lord says, When they had finished eating, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, Son of John, do you love me more than these? Yes, Lord, he said, you know that I love you. Jesus said, feed my lambs. Again, Jesus said, Simon, son of John, do you love me? He answered, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Jesus said, take care of my sheep. The third time he said to him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was hurt because Jesus asked him the third time, Do you love me? He said, Lord, you know all things, and you know that I love you. Jesus said, Feed my sheep. Very truly, I tell you, when you were younger, you dressed yourself and went where you wanted. But when you are old, you stretch out your hands, and someone else will dress you and lead you where you do not want to go. Jesus said this to indicate the kind of death by which Peter would glorify God. Then he said to him, follow me. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. I want to turn your attention to the 19th verse, which reads from NIV. Jesus said this to indicate the kind of death by which Peter would glorify God. Then he said to him, follow me. For a subject I would like to present to you, following after the cross. For a subtitle I would like to present to you, one more chance. One more chance. I want you to see the cross, and the power of the cross as we explore this message. I want you to look at the cross as a place of obedience, a place of humility, a place of sacrifice, and a place of death. It's also a place of transition, and it's a place of new life. The cross, following after the cross, following after obedience to God, following after humility and sacrifice to him, following after making a decision to put your life, as you know it, to death. A place of transition, a place that comes from one place to another place in a place of new life following after the cross in this I will attempt to get you to focus your attention on Jesus and Peter's relationship for the sake of time I'm just going to briefly tell you a little bit about some of these scripture texts and on your own you can take notes you can look for yourself we're going to look at Mark 8 27 and 35 
The Bible says, while Jesus and his disciples were on their way to the village near Caesarea Philippi, Jesus asked them, who do people say I am? Some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah, and still others, one of the prophets. Jesus then asked, who do you say that I am? Peter then responds, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. Jesus continues to teach them. The Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders, the chief priests and the teachers of the law, that he must be killed and after three days rise again. Peter then took Jesus to the side and rebuked him. Did you hear what I just... Peter just took Jesus to the side... And rebuked him. This is after the great revelation that he was able to see that Jesus was the son of the living God. Peter had divine revelation from God, but then soon thereafter, he's rebuking the Lord and Savior. After he displayed this insubordination, Jesus turned to his disciples and said, Whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves. Take up their cross and follow me. Whoever wants to save their life will lose it. Whoever loses their life for me and for the gospel will be saved. When we make the decision to follow after the cross, we make the decision it's no longer we who live, but he who lives In us. When we make that decision to follow after Jesus, now there's presentation to deal with anything in our personal lives which would hold us to the man that's supposed to die. What I'm talking about here is I'm talking about being in a place of uh, 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 forgetting uh, what's behind you, but pressing on to what's before you. What I'm trying to get you to understand is that as a disciple, we have to learn to live disciplined lives. We can no longer do the things that we want to do. We no longer can uh, make the decision to, to dictate what's going to happen. We have to submit our will and our lives to the Lord Jesus Christ. As we look at the relationship between Peter and Jesus, Peter loved Jesus. But he had some unresolved issues that made his walk with Jesus a little difficult. Is that, can anyone identify with the words that are saying coming out of my mouth? You love Jesus. You know who he is, but there's some things in your own personal life that you not, you have not dealt with. Sometimes these things pop up and cause interference to what God has called you to do. But I just want to, encourage you here today that God has given you one more chance. He has not uh, left you. He has not forsaken you. It's your responsibility to turn to the cross. Turn to obedience. Turn to a place of humility. Turn to a place of, of allowing yourself to die so the spirit man which is inside of you can rise up. 
He has given you one more chance. He's given you one more opportunity to do what he has called you to do. I don't want you to be discouraged because uh, you're not perfect. For the Bible says that uh, all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. God has allowed you to see some of your limitations, some of your uh, uh, shortcomings, to give you a chance to do some work on you. Let's focus to the, the beauty of the cross. We're looking at also Luke 22, 31 to 34. Jesus says, Simon, Simon, Satan has asked to sift you like wheat. But I have prayed for you, Simon, that your faith may not fail. When you have turned back, strengthen your brothers. Then Peter replies, Lord, I am ready to go with you to prison and to death. Jesus then answers, I tell you, Peter, before the rooster crows today, you will deny me three times that you even know me. Once again, we're focusing on the relationship between who? Peter and Jesus. We can tell that Peter really loves Jesus. We know that you really love Jesus. Have you ever been in a place... Where you just don't know what you just don't know. In this text here, Peter was like, no, Jesus, I would never do anything like that. I will go to prison and to death for you. And he couldn't even see that some of his own humanity is keeping him from what the words are coming out of his mouth. I just want to encourage someone here on today, under the sound of my voice, The Lord knows everything. What is in dark will come out to light. We cannot fool God. We can fool man, but we can't fool God. It's up to us to, when the, when the word of the Lord comes to us, it's up to us to come in agreement to the, to the, the word of the Lord. It's time for us to stop making excuse And to stop justifying our own, even though this seemed like a noble thing. This seemed like a good thing. Lord, I will go to prison or or death for you. But the fact is, Peter didn't know his future. It's very important for us, my brothers and my sisters, that we continue to be led by the Spirit of God. Continue to allow God to speak to us. Have ears to hear what the Spirit is saying to the church. I know you may have good intentions, but sometimes your good intentions is just that. Sometimes we may have a a good motive for doing something, we have a good idea, but sometimes it's just not a God idea. I want to encourage my brothers and sisters today that you got to look after the things of the cross. And remember, if that's you, if you have fallen short of the glory of God, guess what? He has given you one more chance. As we're looking at this final uh, scripture text here, I want to bring your attention to John 18, 15 through 17, and John uh, 18, 25 and 27. 
The Bible says that Simon Peter and other and another disciple were following Jesus after he was arrested, and a servant girl asked Peter, "Aren't you the one of the Aren't you one of this man's disciples too?" Peter replies, "I am not." Meanwhile, Peter was warming himself, and he was he was asked, "Aren't you one of his disciples too?" He denied, "No, I am not." Then finally Peter is challenged by someone. Didn't I see you with him in the garden? Again, Peter denied it. And at that moment, the rooster began to crow. There's nothing like, there's nothing like revelation being brought to you. There's nothing like us operating under the spirit. I didn't say the spirit of God, but under some spirit. And then revelation of truth is exposed to you. After that, revelation of truth is exposed to to us. We need to humbly ask the Lord for forgiveness for whatever deeds or misdeeds we may have done. It, It does us no good to run and hide or try to bury things that are not of God even though we've attempted to do things of God. There comes a time that we have to uh, accept our responsibility in the midst of whatever it is that God has called us to do. After we, we get this divine revelation, it's our responsibility to do the right thing. Sometimes the right thing may look like, yes, me, it's me, Lord, standing in the need of prayer. Sometimes the right thing may be like, excuse me, my brother, excuse me, my sister, I have done wrong. I'm sorry I offended you. Or whatever the case may be. But I just want to encourage you here on this day. Let your hearts not be troubled. Trust in God and also trust in Christ. He has not left you He has not forsaken you. He has allowed this situation to transpire. He's allowing these things to transpire so that you can be more like him and less of yourself. Our Lord, our God is a good God and he's worthy to be praised. What I love about the Lord, he doesn't leave us in our mess. He does send uh, messages. He does send people. He does send situations to us so we can be more like him. The Lord has given you one more chance. Do not be dismayed. Do not throw in the towel. Don't give up on your call. He's allowed you to go through this situation to purge you from anything that's not like him. He's allowed you to go through these situations so you can be used for the further building of the kingdom of God. What I love about this, the main text that I read to you, that even after Peter had messed up, when Jesus was resurrected from the dead, he told Mary, go get my disciples and Peter. He called Peter back. 
even though Peter was dealing with some shame and guilt, because he couldn't even understand and realize that he was going to deny the Christ. But Jesus still called out to him. And he said, Peter, do you love me? Three times he asked, Peter, do you love me? And he said, yes, I love you, Lord. You know all things. In the same time when Peter, when Jesus met Peter, Jesus told Peter even then in the beginning while he was fishing to follow me. You see, even at the end of the mess up, God is still saying to you today, follow him. I know the situation may look dark at times. It may be even dreary. I know sometimes it may be stressful and you may be tired. But I want to encourage the body of Christ today to continue to follow Jesus. In spite of what it looks like, in spite of what you, what, how you feel, I want you to pick up your mat and walk and follow after Jesus. He has not left you. He not, has not forsaken you. And remember, this situation that you're going through, just like Peter, the Bible says that all things work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose. After the situation that Peter went through, the Bible says that he went out with an extra portion of anointing. He went out into the streets and the Bible says that the power of God was on him so richly that as he walked, they would bring the sick into the street with the hopes that his shadow would heal them. The Bible says that Peter went out there and he preached a message. And I believe it was 5,000 was saved and brought up in the church. So I just want to encourage you here today. I want to encourage you here today. I don't know where you are or what you're doing. I don't know if you messed up or you didn't. And if you haven't, just give time time. (laughs) Amen. Can I get a witness? (laughs) Give time time. And even in a mess up, just know that God will never leave you nor forsake you. And this very thing that the devil meant for evil, God will use for his glory. If you hold on to his unchanging hand. Our God is faithful and he's just and he'll allow this very situation to purify your heart.